0: Steven Simcox from the uh, podcast, Locked on Horn Frogs. Stephen, good morning. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm good. Yeah, I think, you know, ice dancing, there's a lot more uh, nuance, a lot more um, emphasis on grace and sort of your ability to kind of get out there and move. And I think is more about athleticism and jumping. So um, that's, that's really my take on it. And, uh, I might do a podcast about that later this week. That sounds like a good topic.
0: Well, I thought grace died 50 years ago.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh tough one last night. It, it, it looked like the frogs were in a position to get a, a home win, and it, it just got away from them.
1: Yeah, it's a bad loss. I mean, uh, you know, Iowa State, like they're not a terrible team. Um, they beat Texas Tech earlier this year in conference play. I know they had some big wins in non-conference, but the bottom line is they're three and nine with the twelve coming into that game and won a four-game losing streak. Uh, it's a, another home game. There was a good crowd, so you got to find a way to win, and they just couldn't do it. Um, struggled offensively, and I was a good defensive team, but 51 points at home, not going to get it done. Had a couple chances late, even with those issues with just some bad possessions, bad basketball, not uh, not executing well down the stretch. cost them, and so now you know, you got they got five wins, so I think they did get. They couldn't do it. So, um, they have an uphill battle after blowing that game. But, yeah, Mike Morris struggled. Damian Ball struggled. Um, and, I mean, they're banged up. You know, they're down to, like, seven or eight guys. But everybody in the league is kind of uh, the walking wounded right now. It's late in the season. It's kind of the dog days of the year as you gear up towards uh, March Madness. But um, tough loss for the Frogs. And, honestly, you know, you could tell from the comments by the guys that came to the game, they knew it was a big-blown opportunity. So, we'll see how they bounce back. Uh, Saturday when they come to Waco, but not a, uh, not a good start to the league
0: phone out State. You mentioned the game played in the low 50s, 54-51. Where would Coach Dixon really like for the Frogs to be? Are they a, a high 60s, mid-60s? Are they low seventy? Where where does he feel comfortable with, with this basketball team? Well, I think, you know, high 60s,
1: low 70s is where you feel like you have a really good chance to win. Um, honestly, like, they've been really good defensively, so I don't think they're. leg or a rock fight and they were in that game last night but um the offense efficiency just wasn't out there not making enough plays and i would say mike miles going down and he's back now he's still kind of backwards he's playing um and having a shorter lineup has kind of hurt their effort a little bit on the defensive end now they held Iowa State to 54 points i think that was some good defense and some missed shots but yeah high 60s low 70s that's really where you want to be that's gonna give you a good chance ball games in this league. Um, but the defense, they sort of hung their hat on. I know the score didn't indicate it last night, but it's, it's been lacking the last few times they've taken the floor. So we'll see if they can get back to that as they try to close out the regular season here uh, over the next few weeks.
0: Stephen, does this team have maybe the d- most difficult schedule on the back half of anybody in the Big 12? You just mentioned Baylor on Saturday. they got two against West Virginia. Still have Texas and Texas Tech uh, on the schedule. And then they have the back-to-back with Kansas because of that COVID stoppage in play as well. This is a difficult stretch for the Frogs, isn't it?
1: Right. It's a tough way to close your season. You're right, well, they, I mean, they actually, they were supposed to play – you mentioned the COVID shutdown. You know, they were supposed to play West Virginia, Baylor, and Kansas to open the season. They only ended up playing that Baylor game. So, that's why the KU game is back-to-back and the West Virginia game got pushed as well. Um, so – we talked about it, you know, as I've been over the last few weeks, they needed to pile up as many wins as they could in the first half of conference play. And they did that pretty well until recently. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, if somebody has a tougher schedule, I'd be surprised, like five of your last seven are against Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas, and Texas. And, uh, I mean, that's a gauntlet. You got two in West, against West Virginia, twinkled in there. Um, one of those games in Morgantown, which is never an easy place to play. So it's a, it's a tough stretch, but, I mean, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. you got to find a way to win games. Um, and they're going to have to now probably pull off some upsets if they want to make it to a big dance, and we'll see if they can do that here. But, yeah, that's why that game against Iowa State last night was so critical. Just looking at um, your last seven games, that was one that you felt like you could get a win and, and sort of give yourself a little breathing room here as you, as you close out the regular season.
0: Steven, I want to talk football a little bit. The other day we had Adam Rittenberg from ESPN come on and talk about the his article with the new look of the Big Twelve and some of the the faces of the, the, the face programs coming in. When you look at the landscape, where does TCU fall as far as coming in and becoming uh, one of the the more well known names in the Big Twelve?
1: Yeah, Gary, I think they're one of those five or six teams that probably feels like they have a really good stat to be the big dog once Texas and in Oklahoma leaves. Um, you know, obviously what Baylor did on the field, win the Big 12 title, that's kind of the standard right now. But Oklahoma State has had sustained success. Um, CCU changing coaching staff. I think they feel like with their location in the BFW area, um, they could be a, a big player as, as a consistent winner and get back to what they were, you know, in the heyday of Gary Patterson. Um, so I, I feel like they're sort of jostling for position with those schools. You know, I'm sure Texas Tech, Wants to have something to say about that as well. Uh, and I know Joe McGuire's doing a nice job on the show right now. It's just been a while. Since we've seen sustained success from them on the field. But, yeah, I think they're in the mix. I feel like everyone can sort of make an argument. You know, these new schools coming in, I'll be interested to see. When TCU came in the Big 12, they were obviously coming off a great, great run in the West. And uh, it took some time to to adjust to just playing Power 5 opponents every week. And, as good as Cincinnati is and as great as the coaches Luke Fickle is, I think there'll be an adjustment period for them. I, I I would say the same for Houston and um UCF, BYU maybe not as because they play a pretty tough schedule each year. But uh yeah, I think they they think they should be right there. Like they feel like with the investment that people make in facilities and uh, you know, the, the location of the school, they should be a major player once uh Texas and OU meet for the SEC. But you've got to start having more success on the field because they haven't done that lately, and that's really uh, the biggest indicator
0: of who's, who's going to take over. Uh, this weekend, baseball starts, and Coach Sarloose and the Frogs are going to be in, in Arizona to play in a tournament against San Diego State, Cal, and Houston. What's what's the excitement level right now uh, with uh, you know the anticipation of a new program, or not necessarily a new program, but with Coach Sarloose taking over the program and, and putting his stamp on it?
1: It's gearing up for sure. I mean, I think people are, are ready to see this team um, enter into a new era with a new coach. And he had his radio show with uh, with John Denton last night, and he sort of announced the, the weekend rotation. So, Austin Crowe getting the ball Friday night, but some young guys, um, Riley Cornelio and Cam Brown getting the starting Saturday and Sunday. So, uh, you know, you got some, some new faces um, and some. Uh, some young players like Elijah Nunez and Braden Taylor and uh, Luke Boyers that were really good as freshmen last year. they will be coming back and playing the Moabat lineup. So um, I think people are excited, Tom. You know, this team sort of faded on the stretch last year and the regular season, ended up winning the Big 12 tournament and then bowed out early in the NCAAs. So um, a chance for them to kind of regroup and, and get things going again. I think people are, are stoked about it. And You know, basketball, if they can't find a way to get back on the horse here and being consistent with postseason. I thought people will shift their focus even more to baseball as, as the season gets going. How
0: much difference will this team look under the new regime, do you think?
1: That's a good question. One, I mean, Kirk has been the pitching coach there for a long time, um, but we've never seen him as a manager. So I don't know what his philosophy is going to be on you know, using the bullpen, on um, how they strategize during the game. Obviously, Coach Slausenegel's was most was more of a small-ball coach, an old-school guy. We'll see what uh, Coach Sarluis does. But I think, to, to be frank, like, the main reason people are excited is because it was kind of an open secret that Boss was going to move on to Texas A&M as that season was going on, and it really took the wind out of the sails of that team. You know, so, um, I mean, having a coach that's not shopping for homes in College Station will be good for this program. <laughs> as great as was, and as much as he did for the school, uh, it kinda left a bad taste in everybody's mouth the way that, that thing that era ended. So people are excited to see um Turk Charlie's good chance now.
0: Let's get to the real sport for TCU. How about this rifle team? You ready for some rifle
1: action? <laughs> you're the you're the <laughs> biggest catalyst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I can't I can't even fake that I know everything about rifle, but I know they're really good at it. I know they're the um, number two in the country I believe right now. And uh, yeah, we will uh we're we're a rifle school, so watch out. We have we have weaponry if uh you know if you mess with
0: us. That number two ranking. What poll does that come in? The coach's poll or the AP? <laughs> I
1: think that's uh US Rifle Weekly Tom. <laughs> Annie Oakley. <laughs>
0: All right, Stephen. Hey, what are you what are you working on for uh for the podcast?
1: Well we'll have plenty on uh you know the basketball season. They close up the season. Kyrie Coleman, defensive end for TCU, he hit the transfer portal yesterday. So in today's episode, we'll discuss that. And, yeah, it's Horn Horns, Wrong, wherever you get your podcast.
0: Steven, as always, it's a pleasure. Appreciate your time.